together so that they can try things. You're invited to this podcast so that they can try things. Nick and Marcus doing a podcast so that they can try this. Hello and welcome to Now Try This podcast where we i normally have a co-host i swear him and i come together to review things oh my god look at this reveal oh wow welcome to the moulin rouge Uh, hello faithful listeners of now try this cast you have entered the sacro saint the debaucherous the love filled moulin rouge tonight oh man honestly nick better one of your better accents (laughs) <laughs> oh, you are ready for a night of debauchery at the Moulin uh-huh. Rouge, sir. Yeah. Anyone who's ever been to France will be incredibly offended. But, you know, it's pretty, It's your best one. I'll say that. Wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> Marcus, are you ready to enter the Moulin Rouge tonight? Yes, I am ready. Let's go. Who are we and what are we entering? What is the show? <laughs> <laughs> it's too distracting. The look, the sound. Am I pretty? It, you're gorgeous. Where'd you get your makeup done? Alexi. Alexi. She did it for you? Yeah. Nick, you're Nick. Did you know that? I am Nick. I am I'm Nick. Marcus. Good job. Wow. Killing it. Two for two. <laughs> <laughs> and we are two best friends who come together every week to talk about their favorite things. We, one person gives the other person one of their favorite things to try. And we get together and talk about our experiences. Why we love it. Why the person who watched it might have hated it. And that's it. Boom. Ho, ho, ho. I did What's it. a wonderful intro for my friend Marcus, who has just entered the Moulin Rouge for the first time. Try to keep your hands to yourself, sir. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> I hate this accent so much, but I what? also, I said I hate this accent so much, but oh. I love it. <laughs> I'm just impressed. Oh, Mark. Guys, uh, welcome to Now Try This Cast. Last week, we did a wonderful episode. Well, it was a good episode. I hated the show. We did (laughs) Twin Peaks. Make sure to go check it out. Yes. This week was my challenge. I gave Moulin Rouge. But before we get into that, guys, if you have comments on the way I'm dressed, if you have comments on how silky Marcus's voice sounds, if you have comments about our show, please get at us at Now Try This Cast, where everywhere you can get at people, you can leave us five-star reviews on Apple. Five stars, we read them on the podcast. And also, very special, we have our own little uh, Moulin Rouge, <laughs> our own little safe haven over at patreon.com slash <laughs> patreon.com slash Now Try This Cast, where you guys can influence our tries. And Marcus, mm-hmm. I feel like that Patreon is doing something next month. Did it, yes. did it do the thing? Oh, talk about oh yes, 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 yes. So next month, guys, we are doing... Actually, next... Is it next week? It's next uh, week. Next week? Uh, next oh, week. my God. Next week, we are doing a fan challenge from Patreon. On Patreon, we have two tiers, $5 and $1. For $5, you can submit a challenge that is then voted on at the end of the month. Or for $1, you can participate in voting and picking the challenges we do in the future. This week, this next week, we are going to be watching... A save, movie that I don't the, want save, to watch. Save it for the back seat. Save it for the uh, rafters. Save it for after? No, save it for the rafters. Oh, oh, no, 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 yeah, yeah. yeah, movie I really didn't watch. Really, a movie I didn't want to be a part of. I, I wanted nothing to do. I wanted any other movie to win. P.S. I love you. Ooh, P.S. Yeah. I love you. Oh my God. Can I be honest? Can I yeah. be honest? Yeah. I'm also not excited to watch this film. I watched this film 10 years ago, 15 years ago. I did not like it, but maybe time has changed things maybe one of us will like it or maybe we'll both yeah. hate it those are the options 
Yeah, 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 yeah. I feel like or I mean maybe... I'm gonna also say that like I don't want to offend anybody who's loved PS I Love You, but which is a lot of people. It looks like trash, but I'm excited to watch it. It'll maybe the tour de force that is Gerard Butler will overtake our hearts. Maybe Hillary right. Swank's Jedavi will implant itself in our hearts, bloom and blossom just like a rose at the Moulin Rouge. Or maybe we're going <laughs> to hate beautiful. the movie. Or maybe we just but, end up hating the movie. But either way, guys, that's what we're doing this month. If you want to influence what we do next month, again, go ahead, sign up, patreon.com slash nowtrythiscast. We will mm-hmm. do anything that wins the vote. We have proved that by doing awful, <laughs> awful films, controversial yeah. picks. We will do anything, but you, you just got to pay. Wow. So, Marcus, before we get on to the the, the, the tour de force that is mm-hmm. Moulin Rouge, why don't you tell me what you've been doing this week? How are you, buddy? Oh, oh man, this is going to feel like another plug. But this week, I've been working on a lot of Twitch things, because as everyone who may or may not know, we live stream on Twitch every Thursday at 8. That's where we do the podcast, just fucking live and raw. That's and 8 p.m. It. Eastern Standard Time on twitch.tv slash now try this cast. And we made it to Twitch affiliate status, which means you can now subscribe to our podcast on Twitch. Oh, surely that must be a very difficult thing to do, Marcus. Oh, no, Nick. It is one of the most easiest things you could possibly do for yourself. And you know what? What? It helps us out a whole lot. And you know, you know what? what? You know something I'm gonna else? Subscribe. Nick, I'm you know something right else? Now. Hold on, what, Nick. What's the what's the other thing? What? It's free. Absolutely not. That's it's crazy. It's free. If you have a Prime subscription, you can go on Twitch and subscribe to us for free and it helps us out a lot. We get a little bit of money along the way and then we can afford to keep doing the podcast, upgrade po- the podcast, buy costumes for the podcast. Oh my god. We got a oh my subscriber. God, guys, we got our first gift sub oh, in the chat. Subbed. <laughs> wow. Nick, By what Nick is that? Nick I don't know. Tell me. Oh, well, guys, if you are feeling oh so generous after you've subscribed yourself, you can gift other people subs as well. Just like I just did to Dash 9442, our biggest fan <laughs> that I say. Uh, she is now subscribed to the podcast. Honestly, it's random who it gets gift to. And the fact <laughs> that it went to her who is our moderator that should be subscribed in and of herself. I, yeah, she should be subscribed you know, already. We'll, we're going to need to have a talk. <laughs> That's awesome. So, yes, we can give subs. There's so many fun things to do. So if you decide to join us live, you might as well subscribe. Oh, we have a little bittering war of who's our number one fan in the chat. Guys, if you want if you want to prove that you're our biggest fan, go ahead and gift those subs in the chat. <laughs> Whoever comes out on top will be the winner of the day. Uh, Marcus, that's really cool that we are streaming all the time, but surely yeah. we must only be streaming the podcast. Oh, no, Nick. Oh, my God. We are streaming what? more than the podcast. We're streaming Pokemon. We're going to shoot what? for every other Wednesday right now. We're playing Pokemon Radical Red and doing a Nuzlocke challenge. Oh, my God. Well, the great thing is if you subscribe, you get to get, you get to see all those videos. But Marcus, I have nothing else to say. I, I thought mm-hmm. I think there was supposed to be something else to say, oh. but I didn't actually have anything. I oh, I'm the Twitch thing. I, I, I went to Fiverr and I got some exclusive subscriber emotes and they will be there <gasps> eventually. <laughs> Oh, I was about to check right now. I was like, I do I have an email. It was it was supposed to be today, but we'll see. It might hopefully ah. it'll be this week or ready for a Pokemon. Fiverr. 
I know. Well, guys, if you want to join the community one more time, that's twitch.tv slash now try this cast. You can go ahead and check all of our past streams there from the last two weeks. And also mm-hmm. you can check us out Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Marcus. Yes, that's me. Is that all you've been doing? Work? <laughs> that's it. That's it. That's oh, all that's going on. Oh, here. also my brother and his girlfriend are visiting this week. So we've been oh, cool. hanging out a lot. What have we been doing? It just feels weirdly like busy. We baked mm. bread. I baked bread for the first <gasps> time with my brother. And by oh my God. I, I did absolutely nothing to help him with the bread, but I did help him with mac and cheese. So together we made the mac and cheese. Oh, <laughs> uh, how apropos, just like you grew up making a mac and cheese as you were younger. How totally, things never yeah. stop. Oh, things yeah. Always stop. me. I, for, I from birth. I came with a plate of mac and cheese ready for my mother. Mother, you've, like you've worked very older hard. Brother. But I have it from here. Here's some mac and cheese for your baby. Yes. Marcus. Are what are we ready? doing today? Oh, yeah, man. what are we doing today? Nick, this week we're doing Moulin Rouge. Oh my God, and how the hell? You gave it to me. Oh my God, I did. Yeah, and I I kind of hate you for this. But Ooh, Nick, I, nice. I, I can't talk about this because I don't know how much to say about it. So I want you to tell the story of, because we both know there's a story. I want you to tell a story about how we ended up here in Moulin Rouge world and also why you gave me Moulin Rouge such a challenge. Over four years ago, I was lucky enough to live in an apartment building with my best friend, Marcus, and a new friend, Zachary. In said apartment, one day I was getting advice. Some would say girl advice. Some would say life advice. Some might say sex advice. The point is I was getting <laughs> advice. So uh, Nicholas, young young whippersnapper of Nicholas, hit a little bit of a dry spell when it came to courting of said females up to that point. And everyone in the house felt super, super bad for him. And Nicholas was said, no, no, don't worry about me. I'm going to get mine when I can get it. Do, do not, do not, do not fret of poor old Nicholas. And I said, wow, Nick, this is the somehow, most like uncomfortable you've been telling a story on the podcast it's so weird to see you like this it's very funny and i love so it. then <laughs> so then so then in that same day of conversation uh somehow it came up that i love the said film moulin rouge and you and zach scoffed at me and you said oh we will never watch said film we will never watch this film and then I said, ho ho, someday you will. And then I do not remember who, but somebody said, well, when you have sex, we will watch this film. And wow. that was full. That was over four years <laughs> oh, no. ago. Oh, guys. But today, yeah. the, on the this lab- day, are you ready? Of the April of 2021, I have finally became in a situation where I have been blessed to make my friend watch Moulin Rouge because one, the podcast is here and I have to give you a challenge. And two, my proverbial New York City cherry has been broken. It's beautiful. <laughs> and that's why it has been so long since we've done this on the podcast. It's why it's been so I am a man now. Thank you so much, Rian. You are a number one fan again. I appreciate that. And that is why we're doing it today. That's why Marcus has to watch it. That's why Marcus is so uh-huh. excited to finally get to watch this film. Because honestly, yeah. Marcus. Oh, thank you. Oh, I appreciate the congrats. Thank you so much, guys. Honestly, on the sex. Good honestly job. we out here. We're out here. <laughs> honestly, we are out here. And honestly, Marcus, I feel like at some point through any incarnation of any of your girlfriends up to now, you would have watched this film. Yeah. P- people our, like our... this film. And I think it would have came up. But I feel as if the sanctity of this pledge of this bet 
has stayed fast, and that's why you haven't watched it. Is that right? Let me let me explain, Nick, because I also okay. have a story. Many four <laughs> oh and a half years ago, Nick and I lived together with our other roommate Zach, and he was having a hard time getting laid. And so he really wanted to watch Moulin Rouge. And so in an attempt to kick him while he was down, both Zach and I <laughs> said, Hey, we're not gonna watch that fucking lame ass movie unless you get some puss. And then you did now, and that is why we're watching Moulin Rouge. But it's affected me for those four years. Because when I originally said it, I was like, yeah, I don't care about Moulin Rouge. Whatever, I'll watch it whenever. And then it meant so much to you that like you also brought it up a few times that like, yeah, this is going to motivate me. And I was like, and I just remember being like, okay, I don't care. I'm never going to think about this movie again. But since then, I've been in like four relationships and every single one of them has been like, Moulin Rouge, Moulin Rouge, Moulin Rouge, Moulin Rouge. And I'm like, I can't. No matter, I can't watch Moulin Rouge because my friend, Nick, who you know, needs to get laid before <laughs> I can watch it. Nick. And they always are like, he'll never know. It's fine. We could just watch it. He won't know. And I'm like, no, never, <laughs> ever would I betray my friend Nick's trust like that. I'm a man of my word. Exes of the past. Exactly. It's you know what? I think I, it was going to it was going to align this me watching this movie and meeting me meeting the right person. It was just going to align perfectly. Really? I was waiting to have sex until you were in the right relationship to watch this movie. That's what I was doing. So <laughs> you're mm -hmm. welcome. <laughs> I never tried to coerce you into watching Moulin Rouge is what Dash 9442 said in she the chat. She hasn't. And honestly, sure. that is very funny. Okay, so Nick, you gave me this movie. Why do you like this movie? Why did you give it to me? Oh, what was going on in your head? Moulin like, Rouge, Moulin when you Rouge, watched Moulin it, tell me about watching the movie and its impact on your life, other than the the, the sex thing. <laughs> or uh, f f uh, 2001, this movie came out. That was mm -hmm. 20 years ago. I was 10. I was in middle school. I watched this movie in middle school. This movie, I I don't know if it was just, gosh, I don't know if it was just somebody brought home the DVD one day. Somebody, no, 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 no. I remember, I remember. It was in high school. I saw this film. I can tell you the story. You ready? Here's how yeah. you, when you saw the movie. Sure. You were in high school and you went to a girl's house, right? And then she pulled oh. out the VHS no, no, no. Or almost, the DVD. Almost, almost, okay, I was close. Almost, I was like, almost. this is, almost, hold on. This is almost. how good of a friend I am, okay? I was so no, close. No, no. You were right. You're you're right. There were girls. I didn't have like a crush or anything like that. I was okay. uh, I was with two girls that were in the musicals with me. And we had a musical mm. night and everyone brought a movie musical. Uh, and one of them brought this film. One of them brought Cabaret. That's also the same night I saw Cabaret. Ah. Marcus, this film is the film that gives musical theater kids like me permission <laughs> to be as whacked out and crazy as this film is so this mm -hmm. this movie just is firing in all cylinders it is deeply emotional the music's great and also i just it was just so formative like for example i'm gonna read out i'm gonna read out almost all of these comments but earlier today on facebook i posted that we were doing aforementioned Moulin Rouge yeah and like a dozen people commented and there was a clear delineation of people that did do musical theater yeah and did not do musical theater oh really for example one musical theater said kind of overrated but I also haven't seen it in years I miss John Leguizamo doing everything and then somebody that 
is musical theater. This is what they wrote. The movie changed my entire life. I had never <laughs> seen anything as wild and crazy on a screen. It has been my favorite movie ever since. Nothing that followed has ever come close. Also, I absolutely fell in love with both Nicole Kidman and Ewan McGregor in this movie. Their chemistry is truly the entire movie. The movie's progression is also just, oh, you start with the overture from the conductor is just going nuts and you already get it. This is on my Facebook post. Somebody just wrote that's, all this. That's You already get a sense. Amazing. Then we get Nature Boy in the super dark, dramatic, somber atmosphere and you are told how the movie is going to end and what a wild, crazy roller coaster ride through Paris and the Moulin Rouge and you are completely overwhelmed and your head is spinning with him and it feels like you're going drunk high as you're watching. I could talk about this movie all day. Who wrote that review? Uh, my friend Yara. She's a musical theater person. Wow. That is a very passionate review. Thank you for submitting Mark I have three or four reviews that are just as passionate on the post that I did today. Oh, man. I, Nick, it's so funny to me because I feel like this is a, a really weird offbeat movie. But mm -hmm. I also I looked up reviews because I was like, OK, I know Nick likes this, but I want to see like if it was a like well-received thing at the time. Yeah, like, yeah, did yeah. people at the time writing reviews like it or did they hate it? And man, every single one of them was passionate. Like they all were just like, I fucking stand by this movie. It is genius. And this movie was impressive. a lightning in a bottle moment. It's one of those like I I get it's dated. I get it's tropey. I get that there are things about it. And we'll talk about all of them that maybe mm -hmm. don't work anymore. But you have to try. You have to try to put yourself in the mindset of 2001. And this thing was different. Yeah. Like this, he was, he did something different. They weren't doing this kind of thing. Now there's jukebox movie musicals about everything all the time. But like, this was just like a return to form. And at the time in the advertising, they didn't say it was a musical. No one knew it was a musical until they got there. And then oh, they heard all the songs. That's know? interesting. And then, and then nobody, I, 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 to use all pop modern music in the way that it did. It just, it just captivated the world. Fox was nervous, but Baz Luhrmann, who is, we will talk about this guy. The guy's a fucking artist. He like fucking he's like a fucking like maybe not David Lynch level, but he's another one yeah, of yeah. those like I am making art. Yeah. <laughs> As he made this movie. But Marcus. Yeah. Gosh, there's there's so much to talk about. I don't even know where to start. Just I, I just want me to walk, walk through it because okay, let's, honestly, let's just talk through it because yeah. because the thing is, because I know because I, I know this. I want to know this because I know when I was watching with Lexi, it was Lexi's uh -huh. first time watching it and and she had such a visceral what is this movie as it started because it does not hold your hand it does not go at a pace and ramp up it is going almost immediately yeah to get you ready what did you think as we opened up on the Moulin oh, Rouge with the conductor conducting the century the 20th century Fox intro I uh, that was pretty fun I that was fun was, yeah I thought it was funny and immediately <laughs> it sets the tone for the rest of the movie it's like this is yeah. gonna be a silly zany movie a lot of times during the film there were like wacky sound effects with which I found off-putting but it oh. made sense for what they were going for, it was kind of it's a zanier movie than I expected it to be. Yeah, felt like yeah. I was watching a Looney Tunes cartoon a lot yeah. of the time. My favorite scene, my favorite part of the whole entire movie is when they're pitching the show to the Duke and Zidler goes spectacular, spectacular. The words are ridiculous. And he's it's making the sound effect as he's going. Yeah, my favorite part of the movie. That's a pretty good part. But yeah, there's a lot of like. That's my Foley work, guys. If you're looking yeah. for a sound effects guy, hire me. 
No, but when you said Looney Tunes, I think you hit it right in the mark. Most things don't do that except Looney Tunes, except those crazy yeah. cartoons. They're like, mwah, mwah. like it, that's yeah. in the movie, you know, hundred percent. It's and it's not like I don't know. It, it's not that it's the movie takes itself seriously at all. I think what makes the movie work is that it knows what it is. It's like, we, oh, yeah. we're going to be Zanny, we're going to be Kooky, we're going to be out there, and then we're going to try to make this, like, touching story. The official category of this film, just because I feel like we're going to need to say it a, a lot sure. when we're talking about it, is, is postmodern. It's a postmodern okay. film. Uh, other, you know, other postmodern films are, like, Fight Club is considered a postmodern film. Taxi Driver, Monty Python and Got the it. Holy Grail, The Big Lebowski. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mulholland Drive, Donnie Darko, Eternal mm-hmm. Sunshine and Spotless Mind. These movies that it's like it, it's taking. I'll actually just read the fucking what it is because it's it's <laughs> it's a it's better the, description. It's to subvert, subvert the mainstream conventions of narrative structure and characterization and test the audience's suspension of disbelief. Okay, so this movie is totally doing that as well as all those other movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah David Lynch. That sounds very much like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he goes like a little farther. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> oh, does he? <laughs> Twin Peaks is not little... that much more wild than this thing that I saw. Okay. <sighs> yeah. I, yeah yes and no i don't know i feel like we can have a whole conversation of, of which is more post and that's what we're doing okay yeah so so there's a lot of whippy sound effects and without the intro initially i would have thought that maybe it was ramping up towards silly and i don't want a ramp up to silly I, whenever i'm watching a movie if it's gonna be silly if it's gonna be kooky it's gonna be zany just like throw me into the deep end i want to start yeah. off with silly and i think that having the conductor scene in the beginning was a good way of doing that it was like, yeah. this movie's going to be a little silly. And here's what you should expect more of. But then also right at, right after that, you get Nature Boy. There was a boy. All somber and dark, mm-hmm. saying by John Lugazone with these dark images of the Moulin Rouge. So I'm sure you're like, wait, like, wait, wait, wait what's this movie? Yeah. Because <laughs> it's like such an artsy way of opening it, right? It's such like a different yeah, uh, way. It is an interesting way of opening it. I feel like this movie is what I, I not that I, I guess I, I didn't hate Cabaret, but this movie definitely oh, short, feels short. like cabaret-esque. It feels... Totally inspired by cabaret, 100%. A yeah. little bit like Chicago. It's funny because uh, before this, I was talking to Lexi and she said that she thought this was Chicago when she, when you guys watched it together. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it because a lot of sort of like the advertising is the same. It kind of could look similar if you're not like really paying attention and just basing it totally. off of like ads and stuff. The aesthetic of it. The aesthetic, yeah. It feels yeah. aesthetically like those shows. Yeah, I, I totally agree. You can totally see the cabaret influences. And then, but then this is what I love about the movie, right? So you get like this upbeat, weird, silly intro, and then you get this mm-hmm. dark and dreary, like setting you up in this like yeah. melodramatic. And then, and then, and you get the super sad Ewan McGregor at a typewriter. The, the woman I love is dead it is it is 100 melodramatic and and then silly. he starts telling the story mm-hmm. and it immediately rams back up into like full-blown silly when he's like and then and then an argentinian man fell through my roof and then there was this and then there was this yeah, yeah. and then there was this and then before i knew it i was upstairs and we were rehearsing for a play and you know <laughs> yeah it's it ramps up like levels all over the place i mean the energy levels are wild some moments you're like sitting in for a quiet like conversation and then you're like zooming around the theater with other characters like it is wild it feels like it's funny that john linguizamo is in this movie because i feel like the movie is kind of like the pest or like it has similar Mm. pacing to a lot of early 2000s like kooky comedies 
you know? Totally. That's probably why he was cast. Baz Luhrmann directed Romeo and Juliet before this, and John Leguizamo was also in that. But, Marcus, I have a question for you. How would you describe John Leguizamo like, if, to a person that didn't know anything about him? Like, what would, how would, you, what would you say about John Leguizamo? Uh, he, like, Just like physically? his byline. No, no, no. His, like, no. byline. Like, what, why is oh, he, he's, why is he uh, important? Hispanic uh, comic and actor. Sure. I, I I would say he's like one of the most famous Puerto Rican actors, right? Mm -hmm. Right? I don't know about Puerto Rican, but I, isn't he Hispanic? He's Hispanic of some yeah, kind. He's, he's okay, Puerto Rican. That's he's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. Lexi is also Puerto Rican, and she didn't know who he was. And that was wild to me growing up in the city because isn't like, isn't John, isn't Johnny L your like guy, New York Puerto Rican guy? I feel you? like, I, like, you know what? He like, if you told me he's there to know who John Lexi was, to be like, is he of supposed us? to be like the one that got out? Like, isn't the he's one like got, the one that made it? He got, he got, he got, he got out of the, from the neighborhood. No, that's Jenny from the block, Nick. There's a whole song about it. Okay. <laughs> that's a good point. But he's also, he's, I don't know. It, it just astounded me that, yeah, that that was the case. Marcus, so yeah. wh where are you at? Where are you at with this film? What's going on? What's going on? No, so, so the whole thing, I don't know. It's just kind of, it's all over the place and it's hard. It to is. follow narratively i could totally see Ooh, exactly. someone watching yeah, breaking this movie. those conventions it's it's i could see someone watching this movie completely glazed over and not consuming anything you know what i mean and then i could yeah. see someone else and then want them watching it again maybe later and then getting it or hitting them it's one of those movies that depending on your personality you're either gonna eat it up immediately or maybe it might need another like rewatch or two totally totally i mean because there's so much there's so much awe and glam and glitz and like a spe spe spectacle spectacle that's the word i'm thinking yeah there's, there's a so lot of spectacle, spectacle and jump cuts and this i think the pacing of it also is kind of like it's quick yeah this movie in 2001 was like up to that point the most cuts in a movie ever like really like it held that record i'm, I'm sure it doesn't hold that record anymore but when yeah, it came out sure it definitely not. did it yeah. definitely did and you can see why i mean the cuts are like mm -hmm. monstrous it's so it's so yeah. crazy because if you really watch the cuts aren't good right like they know they're they aren't trying they're not trying yeah. but they're not trying to like you see yeah. it once or twice and you're like oh that's bad but then you see it all over the place like oh they don't care <laughs> they don't care about that <laughs> or they're maybe like i want to get to this choice. pretty shot and it is it totally yeah. is they want to get to this pretty shot to this pretty shot to this moment to this moment mm -hmm. and they don't care if uh, fucking ewan mcgregor's <laughs> arms line up to this point to this point well it's funny um, because there's uh there's yeah there's a lot of things like that that if you look carefully could be construed as a mistake and yeah. i i get that but a lot of the movies i like i like a lot of weird stuff i like a lot of strange out there stuff and i'm used to that so that didn't really bother me but it shocked me that this movie was so popular and so well received yeah it, even though right? it had all of that in it it's a really like avant-garde like weird kooky zany postmodern mm -hmm. movie it's like not a conventional movie and it got no. super popular people loved yeah. it it got the the soundtrack was on the billboard 100 it, it hit number one because of lady marmalade it it, it it it's on like tons of people's like 100 greatest films of all time must watch mm -hmm. 500 films of ever it, it's on almost all of those lists it is a well-received movie it made a lot of money like it made Boz Lerman a house not a household name but he like could write his own ticket like he like he yeah. was a respected director after this you know yeah and it's a weird movie yeah no it's it's very very weird and the characters Nick there are so many characters in this movie I could not tell you I know Satine is the main one that is played by Nicole Kidman yeah then there's Obi-Wan Kenobi that's Christian why McGregor I'm wearing my 
Star Wars shirt. We both dress up in equal amount today. Yeah, 100 percent. We both put in the same amount of time and effort. Okay, Mm -hmm. and beauty. (laughs) I wear the same amount of makeup every time I'm on screen. Marcus, what did you let's just because you're talking about characters, let's go one by one. Did you know Obi-Wan Kenobi could sing like this? I didn't. Is that his real voice? Yes. Wow. That's everyone's real voice. They weren't using him well enough in Star Wars then. (laughs) Star Wars should be a musical. 100%. 100%. Yeah, for sure. Oh, Star Wars would be epic as a musical. I'd run to see that immediately. Timeline wise, Um, this is when he was filming the prequels. Yes. Yeah. So he was very, you know, he was doing important things, filming the Star Wars prequel. And then on his free time, like he probably shot this in like an afternoon, you think, right? No, this was like a very tumultuous <laughs> like filming process. Like Nicole killed the kid and like hurt herself twice. Oh, they, my like, God. Just, they just finished filming within like the day of ironically enough, Star Wars needed their same lot. So like the day they wrapped, they like tore down and demolished the sets because they needed to make room for Star Wars. Like, and they just kept a... Ian McGregor there. Yeah, I, think I, just <laughs> like, I don't. I stay here. Do you That's like Ian McGregor? I like him a lot. I mean, would you it's... say you know a lot about Ian McGregor? Oh no, I don't know anything about him. I've never seen him before. I never heard of the man. Mm, interesting, because that's not going to be helpful for the game today, Marcus. Wow. Today's game is hair, no hair, Ian McGregor. <laughs> Roll the clip. Now try this trivia. Now try this trivia. Now trivia. Now trivia. Now trivia this. Hey, we're back. Marcus, why don't you tell everyone the rules of hair, no hair, Oom McGregor, one of our most famous, <sighs> most oh popular games here on Now Try This Cast. I think last time we did hair, no hair was with Bruce Willis on the episode of Die Hard. Guys, go out there. Uh, no, 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 sir. Our last time we did it was with what? Anne Hathaway on our Princess Diaries episode. Oh, yeah. I should have known mm-hmm. that. Darren just listened yes, to that yes. recently and told me how great it was. So everyone should to go listen, listen to your that ex-girlfriend one too. be on the podcast. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. Yes, that was awkward. Uh, okay. Honestly, so. kind of funny. So I have here. The top 10 grossing films of Ian McGregor. Mm -hmm. You have to guess them starting at 10, going all the way to number one. And then for a bonus point for every number, you have to tell me whether or not Ian McGregor had hair. Now, Ian McGregor always has hair. Yeah. But what he doesn't always have is facial hair. So the hair no hair is on his face. What if he has both? Uh, What? No, we're just talking about the face. The face. Okay. Okay. He has hair on his head for almost everything. I mean, what if he has both hair on his face and then not hair on his face or vice versa? Then what does it count as? If he has any kind of beard, mustache, any kind of accoutrement uh-huh. on his on his lips. OK, got it. Got it. Got it. Cool. I want to list specifics. Marcus, what do you just to give you a little like a little morsel? I will just tell you number 12 on Ian McGregor's grossing 123 million was Big Fish. And also, oh, by wow. the way, he did not have facial hair in that movie. Then number 11 grossing 163 million dollars was Ian McGregor with Scarlett Johansson in 2005's The Island. Love that film. Wow. Again, he had no facial hair. Marcus, what do you think number 10 <laughs> Oh my is god. Of the, and you know what? You have the chat for one of these and uh-huh. you can phone a friend if you want to as well. Wow. You can do that. Phone a yeah, friend. I'm interesting. Mulan Rouge has made me generous, sir. Wow, thank Maybe you. Maybe it's because so I've gotten laid. Maybe it's because we've gotten to watch my favorite <laughs> film. I don't know, but I am feeling generous. What okay. is number 10? What is the number 10 highest grossing in McGregor film? I win. How, how do you say it? Ewan McGregor? Ewan? 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 It's Ewan. My man, E-Money? <laughs> I guess so. Okay, are you ready? I, 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 I was ready. talking are to my... Ready? Nick, I was talking to my fucking brain, okay? 
Please chill out. I'm sorry. Thank you. I'll, I'll you get ready? out. But just finish your conversation. Finish your conversation. <laughs> finish it out loud, though. Thank you. Thank you. Are you ready, Brain? Yes. Good. The number tenth movie is the train one. What? What is he? Train spotting? Is he in that one? <laughs> the train one. Train spotting is number sixteen and only ah, grossed seventy-two million. Damn, Marcus, I will tell you. I'll give you one more other shot at it. It, it made one hundred and seventy-three million. Million? God, Nick, I know like four movies with this guy, and uh, and three of them it came are out Star in two thousand and one. It was a war movie. I don't even think you can get it, even if I told you all that. It Ridley was Scott a war directed movie? it. Mm-hmm. Okay, Behind Enemy Gates. Oh, that's a good guess. Black Hawk Down. Oh, Black okay. Hawk Down. I didn't okay. know he was in that. I watched Neither it in did school. I until I saw this list. Yeah. It's but weird. he's second billing after Josh Hartnett. Huh. Who knew? All right, Marcus. Number nine. It grossed $179 million. Number nine. Worldwide. So Transpotting was 16. So that eliminates one of the few movies I knew with him. Let's see. The Island. Oh, was God, 11. Was he, is he in rom-coms? He must be, right? Are there wrong comes with him in it? <laughs> I'm blanking. Okay, 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 okay. I will say historically, you've never done great at this game. I suck But it is my it. favorite game. Oh, oh I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. For the bonus point, did Uma Gregor have hair in Black Hawk Down? Yeah, we forgot to do the game. <laughs> there. Uh, I'm going to say that he does not have hair. He's shaved little baby face. You are right because he's in the army. Yeah. Nice. You got a point. You got woo, that woo, point. Woo, woo, woo. Okay. All right, number nine, 179 million. 79 million. Can I look up a list of Ian McGregor movies? No. Oh, damn it. Good. Okay. Thank you for asking. <laughs> Is there, okay. God, I'm just on Star Wars. Is it, okay, hold on, hold on. Star Wars episode two. Number nine on this list is Moulin Rouge, the 2001 Tour de France. That's one of the movies I know with him in it. Come on. Directed by Baz Luhrmann. I am so sorry. Oh my God. I'm down to three movies I know. Here's an easy point. Does he have hair in that movie and his face? He does. At, at towards in the middle of it, he has facial hair. That's why I was asking if it counts both or yes wow. or no. Wow, you know what? I was thinking about him not having hair, but you are right. He does have yeah. hair halfway through that film. You know what? You got a point. That's two points, buddy. Yeah. Number eight. Just beat Moulin Rouge by one million. It's 180 million. Directed by J.A. Bayona in 2012. What film hmm. was Ian McGregor in? Wait, you said they're directed by J.A. Bayona. Like that's I don't know album. what that movie is, Nick. I'll give you one more clue. Okay, give me another clue. This was Tom Holland's first film. What? He was a baby. Little young, little young baby Spider-Man. What? Little young baby Spider-Man. 2012? Oh my God. 2012. What? What's, the genre? What's the genre? Drama history thriller. According to okay. IMDb. I think the title of the movie is I've got the power of time travel, so I traveled back to the past to kill Hitler, and it went wrong. Is that? Oh my God, Marcus, you were so close because the name of this film is The Impossible. Oh, oh <laughs> wow! I was I was feeling it from the universe. I was feeling it was impossible. Okay. Almost exactly the same with Naomi Watts. All right, Marcus, number seven made a little more. That's one hundred and ninety-eight million. It came out in two thousand and eighteen, and is directed by Mark Forster. Mark Forster. 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 It's not. I'll give you Star one more Wars. hint. I'll give you one more hint. <laughs> Haley Atwell was his co-star. However, most of his co-stars weren't really. Oh, I'm sorry. Did he have hair in the Impossible Marcus? <laughs> 
I forget to ask because you haven't seen the movies. Oh my god. Hair in the what? The Impossible, the last film. I'm going to say that he did not have hair. You're right. He's a clean shaven baby face. Nice. But Marcus, number seven, 198 million. Haley Atwell was his co star along with Not People co stars. What does that mean? Who is what? Haley Atwell? What? Uh, Agent Carter. Oh, okay. <laughs> His co-stars were not people. Oh, is it like an animal movie? Like Dr. Doolittle 5? Haley Atwell was a person, but the other people were not. Okay. It's a movie with talking animals? Kind of. I vaguely remember this, and I, I can't name it. You're going to so, be mad because you because it's, it's very I can't specific. name it? No, it's very specific. It's not just random things baby oh the chat knows oh yeah i can ask the chat thank you come thank to the you. chat the chat thank knows you. thank you darren darren are you using your thank lifeline you me i'm using my lifeline ask the chat uh, all right hashtag lifeline guys chat help me out if i had known you were gonna use your lifeline i wouldn't give you so many clues <laughs> number seven <laughs> i needed it grossing 198 million. Oh, the chat says christopher robin and i'm gonna go with christopher robin christopher robin is wow. correct i did see he that played, movie and i enjoyed it i actually liked it too it didn't get yeah. Good reviews, but I thought it was like heartwarming. It was mm-hmm. an adult Christopher Robin who thought he didn't need poo in the friends his friends anymore, and he learned that he did. Oh, you always need poo. That's the lesson. You always need movie. poo. But here's the real question, the important question: Did Ewan McGregor have hair in this movie? He did not have facial hair. That is correct, Marcus. That oh. is five points for you. I'm killing what the the title of the game is. That portion of it. That's what I'm doing best in. So number six tied Christopher Robin with 198 million. And it came out in 2013. It was directed by Brian Singer, 2013. He's done the X-Men and many unheard of things to people in the industry. Uh Brian Singer. Uh, What he directed like a couple of very bad. By the way, do you like my mascara? I really think it makes my eyes pop. I think it's good. I think it's good. I'm going to go. What's that movie? Jumper? Was he in Jumper? Why is that coming to my mind? It's not Jumper. That's way earlier. Oh, Uh, no. One more chance. 2013? Yes. Oh, man. Nicholas Holt also stars in this film. Brian Singer, Nicholas Holt, and it's not... I'm going to say x-men first class you probably did not see this film it is called jack the giant slayer oh he was in that he was oh you know i know that film honestly i didn't know that i didn't know he was in that film i didn't know he was in that i watched it here's the real question did ian mcgregor have hair in this film i don't think he was the main character because i think i remember the main character being a boy so i'm the, gonna say the, that the, the has... main character is the titular jack played by Nicholas yes. Hall. yes so i'm gonna say that he had facial hair he did. He had a little bit yeah. of urine going on. Nice. Nice, 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 nice. Okay, Marcus. Yeah. Marcus, mm-hmm. Marcus, Marcus. We're at number five. Okay. Big jump here, okay? Big jump. Oh, no. $486 million. That sounds like a Star Wars to me. I will let you ask me any questions you want about these movies. 2009 is when this movie came out. 2009. Yes. Who is the director? I feel like it's kind of a giveaway. So it's George Ron Lucas. Howard. <laughs> Ron Howard. Is oh, the Ron Howard. That's the last time you get director, though. <laughs> What's the plot? <laughs> a long, starts, long time ago in a galaxy far, far It starts with the word Harvard. Harvard? Does it say? Does It, it came out in 2009. Harvard? The movie's title starts with the word Harvard. No, the, the synopsis. Oh. I mean, it came out in 2009. I don't know. When did the last... <laughs> Star Wars 2001, right? was the first one. Or 1999 was the first one, 2001. And then 2003 was the next one, right? So if it's... So it's definitely not a Star Wars movie. And it came out what year? 2009. 
And it's not Moulin Rouge. It's not train spotting. No. The only movies I know with Ian McGregor. So I'm going to guess Ian goes to the store. Hold on. Can I make a phone call? How many do I have left? This is number five. There's four above this. Mm. And you probably know three of them, but you got to get the order. I'm going to make so. a call. Okay, go ahead. Okay. Are you ready? Uh, I'm going to yell. Am I ready for you to make a call? Yes, I I'm going to open the door and yell to the oh, okay. three people I have in my home <laughs> and see if they want to say what the answer is. I was nervous about there being silence, but if Hot Tub Babies on YouTube could, Hot Tub Babes on YouTube can be silent in the hot tub, why can't we be hell? I'm pretty. I'm pretty. I can be silent. You can always edit it's it out. It, it's, it, you, you, also, there was no silence. I had the headphones on. You were talking the whole time. You got it. You're good. You're beautiful. You handled Marcus, it like a pro, Nick. What is your, oh, it's, I quit my job. This is my professional job now. What is the answer? Okay. I'm going to say that they didn't, they were all nervous. Everyone in this house has anxiety. So putting everyone in the spot on the spot at the same time did not go well. So they're the only ones watching. They're the they're the only ones watching. <laughs> okay, I heard Train Spotting Two and Beauty and the Beast. Maybe that's that's I think that's what I heard. So are those the only fi- two other films that they know that Ian One hundred percent that, that weren't Star Wars. Ian <laughs> McGregor, he sleeps. We sleeping on him. I feel like yeah, everyone loves so him, many movies, but he's in more movies than we realize. Marcus, we've seen one of his movies together. Have we really? In the theaters. 2019, Dr. Sleep, baby. Oh, shit, Dr. Sleep. I forgot he was in yeah, that. Yeah, Why is this man so fucking, forgettable? He's a good poor, actor. He's, he's not forgettable. Poor man. That Dr. Sleep grossed 72 million. Ouch. Wow. Yikes. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to go with Beauty and the Beast. Angels and Demons. Harvard symbologist Robert Langdon works with oh a nuclear God. physicist to solve a murder. He Stupid. plays one of the cardinals. I didn't know he, he plays the evil that. cardinal. That movie made that much money? I know it's based on a popular book series, but oh yeah, bad. those movies are fucking. They're not that bad. They're not that bad. The books are great, and they're super popular, like like to everyday people. Like housewives mm-hmm. have read Angels and Demons, you know? Yeah, yeah. But Marcus, none of that really matters because the real question is in the movie Angels and Demons, where Ian McGregor plays a cardinal. Okay. Does he have hair? I want to say no because of the cardinal position, and I don't know any cardinals with facial hair, so I'm gonna oh, say no. Oh, you nailed it! He is clean baby face for that film marcus now we're moving up okay moving out now we're at number four okay 641 million dollars this film made that's all i'm giving you baby number four 600 and what 41 okay i'm gonna say that's all you're giving me Uh it is then it's one of the star wars movies and it's star wars i'm gonna explain my thinking on how i organize star wars media are you ready i'm ready Number one, I feel like the nostalgia of Star Wars and how much people love the original trilogy makes the first one maybe the highest grossing one. And seeing how poorly received Jar Jar Binks was by everyone across the board, I imagine that sales would then fall for two. But then people not wanting to miss out on the third one would mean that then a lot of people went to go see the last one after also resigning themselves to having watched the first two. And they're like, okay, might as well watch the third one. So I'm thinking- All sound logic, sir. The first one's gonna be the most, right? And the second one is gonna be the worst of them. So this this is the second of the Star Wars movies. What's the name of this film? Star Wars Episode Two: Clone Wars. 
No, that's the TV show. Well, Star Wars Episode Two: War of the Clone, Clone Saga, Clones, the Clones Attack, the Clone Strike, Attack of the Clones. Attack of the Clones. You got it. Yes. Star Wars Episode Two: Attack of the Clones. Oh man. Six four one million dollars. You got a brain. Point there. But Marcus, Big brain. Marcus, mm-hmm. who the fuck gives a shit about Star Wars? Okay, let's look at our boy Obi Wan in Episode Two. Did my man have hair or no hair? He had hair. He had that Obi Wan sure beard did. going. Yeah, that fucking Obi Wan beard. Now, Marcus, love it. Yeah, this is a significant jump here. We jump for number three, eight hundred and forty-nine million dollars. Wow. Yeah, I know. What's the fourth movie? There's four. We're in the top four. There's three left. I used one there's of the Star left. Wars. There's yeah. so you're telling me there's another movie out there that's as popular as the Star Wars franchise that belongs in the top three highest grossing movies of Ian McGregor's career? Oh Guess my we're about God. to find out. This is driving number me three. fucking crazy. Oh god. I don't even know. No one can name another movie that he's in. You can barely name another movie, and yet there's three in the top spots that aren't Star Wars. There's, this oh is god. why okay. I wanted to play this game because of this fact right here. Okay. But Marcus, what is number three? 849 million. Can, can I get any information? No. We're at the we're at the we're at the last bit. <sighs> okay. I see the I handed it to you off. in all in all in all caps in the text in the chat. And I don't remember what handed it to you means, but... Oh, guys, get your sexual stuff out of the chat. Jesus Christ. Okay. Is it Beauty and the Beast? He was in that? Is that your final answer? Yeah. Marcus, number three on this list is Star Wars Episode Three: Revenge of the Sith with $849 million. Okay. Unfortunately, you do not get that point. Okay. But you have a chance. What is... Or does he or does he not have <laughs> in this film? Okay. What is the movie again? Which Star Wars? Star Wars Episode 3. Okay, cool. So I was right. More than two. The other one. I have no idea what they're talking about in the chat because no one gave me any clues. I did this all by myself. I didn't use any of my lifelines. Okay. Star Wars Episode 3. He had facial hair. He had that the is correct. He had hair. that Obi-Wan beard. Marcus. Yes. Slight jump up to $984 million. Just missing that billion dollar mark. What is number two on Ian McGregor's highest grossing film? That's going to be Star Wars Episode One: Phantom Menace. Phantom Menace. That is correct. Yeah. Star Wars Episode One. Just missing a billion dollars. Marcus, did Ian McGregor have facial hair or no facial hair? He did not have facial hair in the first one. He was a little baby. He did, he did not. That's 12 points. Marcus, you've won the game. If you can wow. get one more point, because uh, you need 13 to win. No, I won the Marcus, game. I would have kept playing. Marcus, okay. number one on this list has made one billion. Oh my god. 264 million dollars. <sighs> Marcus, what is Ian McGregor's highest top top earning? film of all t- wait hold on a sec hold on hold on hold on hold on hold on we have a uh, nick typing trying to figure something out huh this list is out of date i oh no i apologize i apologize black hawk down should have been pushed off because less than angels and demons but more the jack the giant slayer was harley quinn birds of prey oh i forgot he was in that yeah, but it takes so long that, or it was just so recently, they didn't upload the, update the list. Oh, how disappointing. Interesting. Sorry, IMDb, you fucked up. But anyway, that does not stop the top earning film. $1.264 million. Marcus. Yes. What is this film? Well, Nick, I've guessed Beauty and the Beast 42 times, and I'm going to guess it again. <laughs> Marcus. Yeah. Ewan McGregor's highest grossing film of his entire 55 film career is Disney's Beauty and the Beast. Woo! 
a tale as old as time. Marcus. Yeah. To really cement your victory. Uh-huh. Can you tell me if Boom McGregor had hair or had no hair in this film? Who, who did he play? I, <laughs> if, I, if I know who he plays, then maybe I could tell you. He plays Lumiere. He plays Lumiere. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to say that when he comes back, he seems to be our guest. Beards did not seem like a thing. So I'm going to say he doesn't have facial hair. Marcus, this is kind of a trick question because when he comes back as a human, he does have facial hair. However, candlesticks cannot have facial hair oh. or any hair at all. So Marcus, you get the point. Nice. 14 points. Yes. You have won this episode of Hair, No Hair. Thank you. Col- thank you. Col- colon, Ian McGregor. Good job. Yeah. We're all super Let's proud get claps in the chat, guys. Yeah, claps, claps in the, in the chat for Marcus. Crushing that game. Now, Marcus. Yeah. This movie. This movie. Oh, my God. What were you mm-hmm. thinking? What were you? What were you? How were you doing when when Uma McGregor goes on top of that balcony and says, all you need is love. All oh, you need is love. Oh, man. No, thank you. All you no. need is love. Love is love just is a just... game. <laughs> Come on. I was made for loving you, baby. You are made You've for heard that song you. for years. You've oh known my that God. song for so much time. How was it feeling it seen in context? God, All the sincerity. Nick, I have to explain to everyone the background of my history with this specific song, just so everyone understands how Moulin Rouge has worked its way into my life way before Nick. And somehow it's just manifested into this bigger and bigger thing every time in my life. Like it wants me to be a part of the Moulin Rouge. Rouge. And I'm I've tried to resist and now I'm in. It's calling okay? you. It's calling you. It's, it's calling. calling. So I was a weeb little boy and I used to go online and watch anime music videos, which were in my head pretty popular back in the day. And I don't know if that's true or not, because they I have were, no one else were. who can verify. They were pretty popular. They were, yeah. I found this anime music video website where I would download the top rated anime music videos. And I also de- contributed my own anime music videos that I used to edit on Windows Movie Maker. Throwback. It was very cringy. And it was pretty, pretty bad. I, there was the Kingdom Hearts. The one I did was the Kingdom Hearts trailer for a fight scene and then set to like, who can say when the wind blows? and like slowed down it was very dumb and cringy and i hate it but my brother and i used to watch an anime music video that was synced to elephant love medley of moulin rouge and matthew and i watched it over and over and over and over again we would sing along to the whole thing it was just like it was cemented in our brains we loved the song we loved the music and we were like just uh, enamored by this anime music video thing and the song has been a part of my life so much and it's so funny because every time it would come up people are like how do you know that song but you've never seen Moulin Rouge and I'm like anime baby well how did it feel seeing it seeing all the sincerity of it was Emma Greg oh, and Nicole gushing with love with each other it's so funny because in the beginning when he's like he starts singing there's a sound that's just like yeah. after his first line that was also in the anime music video and I never understood what that was or what that was from. And watching it, I still don't know what the fuck made that noise. <laughs> Do you know the answer? Was it like doing something with his hands? Was yes, Marcus, love. Whipping? Oh my love. God. Oh, there love. were so many zany sound effects, by the way. I just like constant, constant sound effects, weird cuts, 
it was it was hectic at first i hated it and then i was like i i get it and i love it but yeah no this is like the song you know like if you know moulin yeah. rouge you go and you just like this is the thing that they knew was going to be a hit this is like frozen's let it go where the movie music swells everyone knows like this is the song you came here for yeah, um yep, yep. it's just so good and so good to see it live and feel the chemistry between yeah. them it changes the song they're they're chemi- i was i will i will say two things one there was a time in high school where i remember i i was walking home and i met two random girls from musical two we were just talking for a second, talking about how much we love the movie. And we sang the entire thing. I sing the guy part. They sing the girl part mm-hmm. outside of my high school at eight o'clock PM in the dark with no one else around. And we moved through the whole thing. How formative mm-hmm. was that? It um, is a little 16 bo- year old Nick. I would say it's Bohemian Rhapsody for musical theater nerds. Like, Hell yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but but also I was going to say, watch rewatching this now with a critical eye. I, I don't think I ever appreciated like, I don't know if I just didn't know what chemistry was, but like Ian McGregor mm-hmm. and Nicole Kidman, the way they're looking at each other in this scene, like so it, sexual. it looks like they're falling in love, right? Yeah. And it's like sexy and like sensual, but also like sincere, like the looks on her face when she's like literally saying, I, I was describing it earlier, like he's saying all you need is love. And she's like, but what about what about the rest of the world? And he's like, yeah, but love. And she's like, yeah, but like things are hard in the world. And like, mm-hmm. this, this is my fail. And he's like, yeah, but love. And he's like, no, but it's going to be hard. You're going to hate me. I'm going to hate you. Yeah, but love. And then she's like, okay, but love. And that like back and forth, like it really sold me this time. Yeah. Watching even now as an adult. It's a very charming song. And their their chemistry is great. Like they, they, they play off of each other very well. They're both very yeah. sincere actors. And they're both like very talented at acting. And, and they're prime. It's weird to watch a movie that reminds you that acting is like a job or that it's hard or that like it's like uh, you have to like it takes a good actor to meld into the character and portray yeah. someone different on screen. You know, like not no offense against The Rock. I love The Rock, but The Rock is always The Rock in every movie. You know, sure. Yeah, it, I think I think also watching this film now, I, I realize there's a style of acting that's out now that I mean, it's it's good enough but thank you ran 414 for subscribing yeah, with prime we appreciate you. it we love you and we love everything you do you're our number one fan again thank you so much <laughs> we yeah you, dash 9442 was that sub was that sub that yeah your time's said. up your time is up <laughs> there's so much acting now it's just like i feel like it just mm-hmm. feels like standing around right yeah but they're like yeah. acting but it doesn't feel like campy it feels like real like they're being emotional mm-hmm. it feels like they don't let people be emotional anymore the way yeah, they are I, in this movie and everything else is so heightened that the room they have to play is wider right it's bigger mm-hmm. they have more of a breath to show emotions because of how yes. grandiose the movie is and it really shows especially during the scene but also through all of the scenes during yeah. all their musical numbers all their love making scenes everything i think how crazy and sort of kooky and silly that this movie is it's like that uh, that works for musical theater that is kind of the vibe yeah, you get uh, yeah. of people involved in musical theater that you can only like, get it in musical theater right it's, yeah you can only be really that silly and also serious in the same film like it's it's hard the hard thing to pull off you know not yeah. a lot of directors can pull it off but musical theater is something that's common now i uh, just just a little aside i i just i just always have to remind you and everybody about how little i know and knew about music oh yeah so your song i didn't know that was an ellen john song for like 15 years oh no but again, all the songs in elephant love Mendley, i still don't 100 percent know where all oh, of them are wow. from. wow like there's so much and and here's the thing the only original song in here is come what may everything mm. else is pulled from somewhere else something else yeah. some other kind of maelstrom combination which is so cool by the way mm-hmm. uh, i'd love to hear your thoughts on that but i didn't know where any like i didn't know nirvana was in this movie to like seven eight years later <laughs> and i was like 
that's Nirvana. I heard it from Moulin Rouge. That's hilarious. Uh, but what do you think about a, a musical, a, a modern musical it, taking like it happens more now? But yeah, because now we've seen Glee and like Glee, Smash, all these things wouldn't exist without this fucking movie, 100%. right? Yeah, yeah. But, but it's it's oh, funny because jukebox musicals are, are totally a thing now, right? Like so many people yeah. have done it. I've seen so many of them. And yeah. it's so, and this is it the first, so much. But yes, it depends on music. so much whether or not you like the music, whether or you like the, the person creating it. So to pull from pop music and it, it's hard to pick a good repertoire of songs, but yeah. they're lucky enough where they're not limited by like one artist. I feel like a lot of jukebox totally. musicals are surrounded around a person's work. Or you know? a forced theme, like an era yes. or a composer uh, or yes. something. You know? So this movie kind of had the freedom to play around with the soundtrack and they really fucking did. And I think went, Elephant Love Medley is like a great point of that. And they also like not even not even just doing a jukebox musical, right? Because like if I want to hear musical theater nerds cover popular songs, I can just watch that on YouTube any other time, right? But they sure, had sure. unique arrangements yes. that just like made them fit into the motif of the film, but also just in general, sort of just like are, are creative and interesting and they work in a musical theater sense. Yeah, you can tell that the story came first here, right? You can mm -hmm. tell that they put a lot of thought into what their story is. And oddly enough, the when Baz Luhrmann was making this film, he also wrote it. He, he based it off of the Grecian myth of Orpheus. So mm. Christian is Orpheus traveling yeah. down to hell, the Moulin Rouge, to get Eurydice, Nicole Kidman, Satine. Uh, okay. And there's also some La Boheme in there, which is what Rent's based off of. Mm -hmm. Of course, La Boheme's about a girl, Mimi, dying, dying. I forget what she's dying of in La Boheme. Is it? What is she dying for? It's not AIDS. It might it's, be like consumption, also. Consumption? I think it's <laughs> consumption, which is what which is what Satine's dying of here, mm -hmm. and it's also based off of a whole bunch of older like Camille and these other operas and stuff. So I, th I think that's one of the reasons you can sense that because the story came first. You can tell they took time to craft the story and then found songs that yeah. fit and then forced them to fit. And then yeah. speaking of forced them to fit, honestly. My favorite moment for the movie is is mm -hmm. not Elephant Love Medley. I love Elephant Love Medley. It's it's amazing. I love Come What May Later. I love the beginning. I love the end. Yeah, yeah. My favorite is El Tengo de Roxanne. Nice. So I, I like this song a lot. I when I so back to the AMV thing, anime music yeah. video. We I looked into it, right? Like obviously you're gonna look into it. So I found Moulin Rouge and I found the soundtrack and I started listening to Elephant Love Medley. I liked. But there was also the only other song I actually liked was Roxanne. So I've listened to both songs so many times without even yeah. having watched the movie at all. Walk me through seeing it for the first time in The Thing, because it's a powerful it's, piece, I think. It is. It is so incredible. I think the choreography is just beautiful. The lighting design is fantastic. <sighs> I feel like a lot of times in movies, it's hard to get. I know this is sort of a lighting thing, but it's hard to get staged lighting totally looking totally, totally. correct you know steven spielberg you can see it in the trailer for west side story like yeah you can tell like he's like he's like not a lot of directors can mm -hmm. do that like really push it like it's theatrical yes steven spielberg yeah, yeah. is one of them Baz lerman is another yeah it's hard to sometimes make that sort of thing pop you know sometimes it can yeah. end up feeling flat when you try to film a performance totally. but yeah it just it worked really well the directing is yeah. good the cinematography is great just the shot composition just like every every part of this film is very well crafted oh, and the fucking argentinian who this whole movie has been this cookie zany nobody yes who, and in this and he comes in with this robust 
<laughs> I need to tell you yes. what love is and jealousy. And oh, he just, God. he fucking, that actor goes yeah. for it in that scene. And it's just so perfect. Like just taking yeah. the jukebox music concept and making, taking a song and be like, okay, we're going to fix it narratively. We're going to make it make yeah. sense. You know, the, the creepy way they sang like a virgin, I guess they didn't really sing it. They talked it, but you know, oh, the way yeah. they, so, they spoke. Great. So funny. So great. Like a virgin. It worked so well. And touched I feel like for the very first time it's silly and it's goofy every time it happens and creepy but with roxanne i feel like it felt powerful and it made the yeah. song it made the song new and it breathed some yeah. new life into the song you know and the way Ian mcgregor's character was singing his like little stanzas in between them and was like walking mm -hmm. and sauceteen and they kept going back and forth and they, oh and the dance right the one yeah. of the diamond dog late the girls i don't know if she has a name in the movie but she's like in the background the whole time yeah, yeah, yeah. but she does this dance and then the lighting is on her eyes and she like looks to another guy and the argentinian like grabs her it's so <laughs> it's such a great dance and yeah, choreography really and great. scene yes yeah yeah i mean it's I just it's just it just was so incredible to see. I think it's also just a good song. Like, I don't know if you were familiar with oh, Roxanne yeah. before the movie, but it's just like a really no, I, good song. No, of course I wasn't. Of course I was. <laughs> no, I, of course I was. But it's, now I've heard it's, it and I it's think a it's good missing one. something. I'm missing. I feel like it's missing tango the when grit, I hear the song. The grit. Yeah. 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 But, but like, no, you're supposed to sing it down here like this. <laughs> Jukebox musicals are just sometimes can be so boring. And like I said earlier, it ends up being a fucking cover. You know, it's just like, oh, yeah. I'm going to watch a bunch of people who can sing well do covers. And I don't if I wanted to do that, like, yeah, I just could. Not, I don't totally like listening to everything. covers in general. Yeah. But the, the same problem I have with covers this, this movie addresses, right? Like it, if you're bringing something new, you're bringing something unique, you're bringing your own style to a song then yeah. then that's great that's something that like takes artistry and talent and it's what they do here totally and then and then i do want to just also mention because there again there's one original song come what may and i i don't know i i've always loved the song i've said <laughs> quick stupid story i had a girlfriend in high school also in the musical so she also loved moulin rouge <laughs> broke up with her it's very sad uh -huh. well she was sad but she <laughs> She told me right after that she was going to ask me to sing Come What May with her with her in the talent show. But I had broken up with her too quickly before the talent show. So you got so back with up, her so that no, way you I could perform not. in the talent show. No, and then you broke no, up with no, her after you guys I, won the, the talent show. That would have been great. No, I performed in the talent show in two other things. I sang Rent and I did some acting thing. But she sang it with another guy. Oh, drama. <laughs> But here's the thing. I didn't feel any type of way about it, but because yeah. you know why? Because you didn't care about her? No, they were awful. They were so, <laughs> it, was so it was so bad. Worst rendition of the song I've ever heard in my life. Uh, but anyway, so in the movie, everything quiets down. For like the third time, Satine's like, Satine's like, no, we have to. We can't yes. do this. We can't do this. Mm -hmm. We can't do this. And Christian, again, says... We'll make up. We'll make up a little song, and like the way they sing it, I never noticed this before. But the way they sing, and I maybe it's because when I saw it as a kid, I never had these. But now as an adult, when you're in a relationship, you do make up little saying, right? And little things you say with your significant other, like little, oh, yeah, like little, like you might always say okay to each other, or you might, mm -hmm. you know whisper my love in a certain way or you might be like yeah, always you... yours sign off you know like mm -hmm. build a like rapport totally, yeah inside jokes totally something like that yeah and that's exactly what this song is and i didn't realize that as a kid mm -hmm. and but now i was watching it seeing how they were like interacting about it and how he's like wooing her but like silently yeah. alone and then even when they were singing the song out in the world and even in the moment of the end of the film when it was this big moment of come what may it still felt like that intimacy they had made when they made up the song and i had never noticed that before and i just wanted to point out how much i love i love the song always 
but how yeah. how honestly now as an adult now being being having been in love so many times you know i i i appreciate it away more which is mm-hmm. weird for me because usually films like this where it's like listen i know it's not a perfect film it's a film for my childhood you know that i'm yeah, bringing yeah. in and like yeah, yeah yeah so there's sometimes there's some mis- misogyny in it and sometimes there's some sexism mm-hmm. in it it's an older film and we kind of got to take the good with the bad but for something new to froze? resonate in an older film was really nice for me like that kind oh of no i lost your video happen, nick you know what i mean uh, what'd you think oh no <laughs> oh he's coming back there he is he came back he made it back let's see how long oh. it takes him to realize yeah give it a second because everyone that had to refresh the stream is watching an ad <laughs> got it got it got it got it well you know what that's more ad revenue for us i was gonna say on your point of uh misogyny and all that stuff it's interesting that they cast little people but the one little person with like a speaking role is played by John Leguizamo. Not perfect. This movie is not. That's based not on a perfect. real person, by the way. That's based on a real person. Toulouse. Really? Yeah, it's like a real painter. And some and throughout the film, there's different forms where you can like see his art. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> Fun fact. Okay, Nick, uh, you were going to make a point about. Come what may. Just uh, what you think. That's all. Uh, no, it was great. I, I, I'm the only the original songs. song. The whole thing was great. I liked it. I obviously didn't like it as much as Roxanne, which was I thought the performance was just incredible. Sure, sure. I like Elephant Love Medley. That's number one to me in the whole thing. Yeah. But I did like it. I feel like it was an, a weaker song, though, if I'm being sure, honest. Sure. But I do get yeah. it. I, I do get the message behind it. And I think it's really pretty. But Nick, I have a question about this. This one woman in the movie who confused me so much. And I don't know if I missed something, but this random lady places herself as a villain in the film in the middle of it when the duke is sitting and watching satine perform she whispers in his ear and basically reveals the whole plot of the film why where did she come why would she like why would she like the penniless writer oops i mean sitar player yeah she just shows up she drops a bomb and leaves Apparently her name's Nini. I didn't know that. I, I did thing. not get that. Did I miss something? Is that like what? Well, here, is he here's just the thing. So if you dumb? really wanna if you really wanna make your point, uh later in the film, she helps them not die, right? Like so she helps why? them like, get the she doing? I, here's what I She's think just it is. Here's an agent of is. chaos? No, here's what I think it is. Marcus, you have not been you are not a stage performer. The people on that stage for a musical theater drama club when we're doing that play and we're all friends right we all go to the same school but we all have bitter rivalries because that person got our part and that person did this think about high school musical right yeah like think about fucking sharpay and gabriella you know or troy and Mm -hmm. like fucking ryan all those shit that's really how it is in high school Marcus, imagine what it's like in a professional setting. I have so many people that are my friends mm-hmm. in the acting sphere that would stab me in the back the first chance they got. Oh my God, <laughs> Jesus. It's like shark smelling blood in the water. I didn't know. That's this exactly what it, it is. is. And here's the thing. These people are also like, they're also sex workers. So there's also like another added thing on top of all yeah. of it. That's just like this dichotomy Competition. thing. Yeah. And she's the number one, right? Like she's getting the best money and the best attention. And Nini's like, I can dance better than her. She probably thinks she can sing better than her. She probably thinks she's prettier than her. She's like, why the fuck does Satine, yeah. Satine get everything? Yeah. That's totally why but it is you know? fu- I, I i assumed that was why but it, yeah but, but no, from a filming it standpoint it is comical du- that she just shows the duke's out of nowhere yeah, and the duke yeah, yeah. and I from agree. a writing standpoint i think they made the duke too stupid and then they're like fuck how are we gonna reveal this oh just someone's jealous they show up and they're, they're gonna be jealous and reveal it i totally get that but honestly it's the funny. duke's character is, is one where his like 
stupidity of it all like totally like just reinforces his like i, I forget what the psychology's term but it's like infant forever infantness syndrome like what like uh-huh. what is it you know what i'm saying like he's like yeah, yeah, yeah. boy child man syndrome uh-huh. man what? boy child like, man syndrome yeah yeah, yeah. he yeah, has yeah, that no. totally is why he's like so dumb. Like he literally takes the boy, the guy on a picnic. He takes yeah, the writer true. on a picnic. I saw also like, yeah, there's their whole thing where they're sneaking around in the middle of the movie. They start sneaking around and they are, it is just so painful to watch because he's there and he should yeah. pick up all the signs and she keeps, yeah, he keeps yeah. taking her away. But like, oh, we have to walk on the script. We have to go yeah. work on the script. I like the part. It was kind of a nice moment when there's confliction, right? Like she's conflicted yes, whether she yeah. has to go with the Duke or whether she has to go with the writer. And the writer's like, no, no, no I guess if you if you have like duties that you have to do, like it's fine. And she's like, no, why would you why would you think your work isn't important? I obviously want to spend time with you. And I thought that was kind of nice because I feel like in his position, he doesn't he knows so what he's he good at what she does. And he feels the love, but like when when he was angry earlier. He does know that she's like very talented at what she does and that yeah. he maybe also does want to get in the way of her work. Yeah. It's really interesting. I like that. One of my favorite exchange. moments is later when he once he's kind of caught on to the game and he's like, they do the ending and the Duke's like, I don't like it. And he says like, why wouldn't he love the Maharaja? The Maharaja has tried to offer her everything she's ever wanted. And then they're like starting to yell. And then the Duke's like, why? And he like yells about it. And then Christian fucks up and he says, because she doesn't love you. And everyone's like silent. And he's like, him, him. Oh, God. It was so painful. I know, right? So it it was was very real. Painful. That's like obnoxious Freudian slip. That's bad. fucking it's so funny because the the whole movie has like a lot of tropes in it right like you have so many you have the people in the movie making a play that is about what the movie is about and you've got like her coughing blood into her napkin like foreshadowing her death in the beginning it's i forgot what is narration there's narration in the thing christian is narrating the end of the movie throughout the whole movie it's just so full of tropes and yeah. it was just like one or two i think the movie would work less than it currently does yeah but i totally. think because it leans into it because it's like yeah. hey we're gonna be silly we're gonna just do all the fucking tropes that we can we're gonna it's, do it. it's saying it's this great. is a story you already know you mm-hmm. know this story right it's it's like letting you in it's like yeah it's breaking the fourth wall in a way it's trying to see how far it can stretch it how far it can go it's like mm-hmm. pushing that boundary there by being so yeah. tropey like there's, Why was there's that nothing about so sexual i don't know uh, Um, because the you made me lose my train of thought so hard (laughs) sorry i was i I was too busy being aroused that's fine i you know what i have that same problem when i look in a mirror i get it thank you the i get that the whole thing is right christian at the beginning of the movie says she died it says the whole movie Mm -hmm. right at the top right that's like the biggest trope right yeah in the whole movie you know she's gonna die you know what's happening you know it's coming but i think because they did that it took all of that urgency away Mm -hmm. from the mystery from you trying to anticipate the film it's like no 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 you know exactly It's a lot of this movie's got me ramped up, Marcus. Okay, this movie's got me ramped up. Okay, okay, okay. It had been four and a half years. We're, fi- we're finally say, on the other the side. The movie's very sexual. This whole like reason we didn't watch the movie is very sexual. I I feel like subtly you're picking up these. I'm wearing makeup. Mannerisms. I look very sexy. There you go. You're getting turned on looking at yourself. I get it. It's it makes sense. But I'm but uh, the point I'm making is just that by taking all that away, you could focus on the emotion. 
You can focus on the spectacle. You can focus on the other things that it's going on. Uh, but Marcus, here we are at the end of the film. And we okay. got, finally got teen. She's about to die. We got the whole Christian is going to pretend to be the person to go on so he can pay his whore. Oh, God, that scene was aggressive. It was, it was, it was very aggressive. It was Honestly, it was harder it was to watch now than it was as a kid. Like I the know. subtone of it. Yeah. Subtone, the subtext of it is like like now as an adult, I'm like very positive for sex work. And I'm very 100%. Yeah, you shouldn't treat a woman like yeah. that. You shouldn't treat yeah. anybody like that, period, ever. At the time, I in a, as a kid, I was probably just like, oh, no, he's really sad. I get it. Yeah. But now I'm like, oh, no, that's kind of fucked up, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like no, bad though, on your I, side right now. During the movie, I said like. I was like, she's like, oh, I'm willing to leave. I'm, I'm going to change my life. I'm like, no, that's your fucking job. This guy doesn't yeah. have a job. You fucking have a job. Yeah, Why yeah, would you yeah. quit your job? I know it's having sex with other people, but it's your fucking job. Like, yeah, 20 years later, this film would have been a little different. 100%. You, yeah, you, yeah. You know, you it's 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 of the time. Oh, for sure. But here. But here you are at the end. There's this beautiful moment when she's when Satine decides to sing Come What May. Mm -hmm. Christian stops, turns around, and you get this whole big hijinks. God, it is it is a, the silliest, most melodramatic scene I have ever seen in anything. It's so ever. it takes itself it so serious. Over the top. It's yes. so sincere with about the love and the singing. Uh -huh. And it's so silly because the guy with the, the bald guy with the gun is like running around. Yes. And he's like literally like pretending to be in the band. To By like the way, the guy with the gun to keep anytime they're like, ah, oh, he has a killer with him, a hired man, an assassin. Every time they show his face, it's the same fucking like one, two second clip. Like, you know, every fucking time. Yeah. And the first time they repeated that clip, I was like, God, I fucking hate that. And then they, by the like sixth time they did it, I was in. I was like, this yeah. is hilarious. <laughs> exactly. This is hilarious every fucking time. Show me again, baby. It's comedy. You just keep hitting it. You just keep, just keep hitting doing it. it. Yeah. It was committed, right? That's the problem I have with some movies, right? Because they'll do things like that. But then it'll just like do it once or do it twice and like yeah, not stay no. in that tone. But this movie does not let up. It does not forget what it is it, the whole time through, yes. all the way to the end. When literally when the gun flies out the window, mm -hmm. it hits the Eiffel Tower. And yes. the gun's this big and the Eiffel Tower. And the Eiffel is this Tower, big, yes. I was gonna say Eiffel that Tower. there's a part where the Eiffel Tower is fucking small or huge. Their gun is, the huge. Gun is I huge. I don't know I what don't happened. Know. <laughs> but they're about the same size as the crash. It's so funny. I, I feel like the absurdist humor in this movie works so well. You know, yeah. like it just like it, it clicks every single yeah. time and it makes every but then scene in the just same a little time, bit more better. Right, yeah. right after that, as Satina's dying, the camera looms over as everyone's crying. It looms over as everyone's oh applauding and laughing and then looms out the window to watch the Duke slowly walking away in the snow and defeat. And then it's just like also so dramatic. It's and so, so dramatic. serious. Yeah, it, it does sometimes take itself seriously <clears throat> in a way that I like. I feel like sometimes when you're too much in on the joke, it it can be uh, off-putting, you know? Like, when you make yeah, a bad yeah, movie yeah. for bad movie's sake, and you're like, I'm trying to make a bad movie, me, me, me. I feel like sometimes you miss it and you don't you don't get it. There's a sense of, like, sincerity. Also, like, yeah. you do take this seriously and you do consider this a serious story that you're trying to tell that, like, adds to all the other things, all the silliness and all the camp that's in the movie. Marcus, I just want you to know there's so many more things that I wanted to talk about. Like, I wanted to talk about how Zidler is wearing a fat suit and that actor has been, like, in everything from, like, Game of Thrones to Harry Potter. I wanted to talk about how Nicole Kidman oh, hurt wow. her ankle. He hurt her ankle on this film. And some of the scenes, anytime that you, some of the times when you see her from the waist up, She's literally sitting in a wheelchair because she's hurt while they're filming. There's like so many little things, but we're like Jesus running out of Christ. time. So just 
what else uh what else did you think about this film what else did you is there anything else you want to call out point out point out favorite moments let's see when did you laugh when you cry i did not cry in the film but i could see myself yeah, knew she was dying uh maybe crying at some point if i'm in the right mindset you know i let the yeah, movie you're watching take with me people in. watching it for the podcast 100 yeah, yeah. yeah i'm watching it people watch it with the podcast i'm not gonna you're cry like mentally like taking notes because yeah you're like, i'm you trying know. to figure out what i want to talk about what i want to remember yeah but it's also very brechtian because it's breaking the fourth wall so it is a little harder to like yes. get to that crying yeah. thing but i i mean 10 year old like, me I cried just, i feel like so many parts of this movie were fun and zany and, and over the top in a way that felt like familiar it felt like i was watching the mask but a musical oh yeah it felt yeah, like yeah. one of the the pacing was similar to the pest or like one of those early kind of jim carrey john linguizamo like pacing wise and i felt like because of all of that because of the way it felt I was just like super into it. It, it yeah. just maybe it's because I'm of the time. Like I would love to see what people who didn't grow up with media at the time and maybe are a little like born later think of this film. Like uh, Gen Z. Yeah, I wonder what Gen Z thinks of Moulin Rouge. I feel like it probably looped back. They they understand detached irony a lot. <laughs> that's what that's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking that they they would appreciate it also. But it is it is just a different pacing that I'm used to. And it made me feel nostalgic. Like I was uh, yeah. uh, like watching a Saturday morning cartoon or something. I was just like, oh, they, this is like a fun, like intense story. Everything's over the top. Real people don't behave like this. It's postmodern, sort of absurdist. Like I, I liked it. Were you surprised at how this movie was and that it's one of my favorites? I, I'm was, sure you're expecting something different. I'm sure you were expecting very you much know what? something like West Side Story E or not West Side Story. Like what like I'm sure you were I'm sure you were picturing the notebook, the musical. Yeah. So I was I guess I was a little bit. I felt like it was it was a little bit silly of a movie. I remember watching it because when the movie started, I was like, oh, this is familiar. I know this. Maybe I watched this before. And then it made it like five minutes into the movie. And I was like, I don't remember any of this. So I must have at some point tried to watch the movie, made it five minutes in and was like, no, thank you. Just no, thank you. <laughs> but I'm glad that now I was able to like watch it with different under a different scope mindset age and experience and it's it's it was fun all right marcus here are the questions did you like moulin rouge did i like moulin rouge nick i really liked moulin rouge yeah (laughs) it was fun it was fun oh i was gonna say this i lost my point but oh sorry i was gonna say that i you were like oh what do you think of of you liking it and i feel like you yeah, you like weird stuff sometimes, but you have to like be in the right mood for it. You know what yeah. I mean? So yeah, it's like yeah. a little aggravating to be like, he liked this, but he didn't like Psycho Gourmet. It's because this <laughs> is so sincere mean? though, right? It's probably the sincerity I, thing. The other one was sincere in a different way. It was sarcastic, <laughs> I guess. But I... I, I could get it. I get it. You know, this it's yeah. a different kind of movie, but a similar vibe. I'm like, God damn it. I need to find the right weird movie for Nick. The I right think you like, do. You weird do. one. Like, I like weird. I do like weird. As, yeah. as we were watching this, I was reminiscing how the other day you were like, do you like weird, Nick? And I was like, I think so. Yeah. And then I watched yeah. this. I was like, no, this is pretty weird. Yeah. No, no, this is pretty weird. I was like, okay, Nick does like weird stuff, but it's just about like the right mindset and what kind yeah. of weird thing it is. You know, I feel like totally. you are more tolerant to maybe weird musicals or something thing you know probably you i do be... like re- I, I do like repo man i do like you oh know. repo man was good repo uh, i don't repo know if that's the, the word opera. i don't know if that's the word it was for good it. i don't i don't think it's good I'm the i like surgeon. i like it. oh god come on so good <laughs> guys it if you want so us to watch good. repo man the genetic opera on the podcast let us know we fucking will <laughs> marcus okay would you recommend this film i would recommend this film to lovers of musical theater 
I don't know if I recommend and it. And lovers to, of love. And lovers of love. Sure. If you like rom-coms, if you like coms, if you like roms, any variation of those things, I would recommend this also. Marcus, usually the third question is, would you watch, keep watching it? We can't say that. Would you watch the sequel? Can't say that. Uh-huh. Oh, Marcus. Maybe. I'll, I'll ask this. I'll ask this. Uh-huh. Marcus, you are a frequent goer of the Broadway. Uh-huh. Has Moulin Rouge, the musical on Broadway, snuck up a couple notches on your list of potential things to see on the Broadway once it opens back up? Nick, when when Moulin Rouge showed up, I had the opportunity to go see... <laughs> this is true. I had the opportunity to go to Broadway and go to an opening of Moulin Rouge. And I said, no, I said, no, thank you. Because, because I can't watch laid. it. And I couldn't explain that part. Cause I would seem crazy. If someone's offering you fucking Broadway tickets for free. And it's like, Hey, come see the show with me. And I'm like, nah, I'm good. Because my boy Nick hasn't been laid yet. And I have to wait. So I was like, ah, I'm so sorry. I'm just so busy. It's fine. You can give it to someone else. But but I want you to know that I didn't see that because of this bet that we have going. That's how dedicated oh, I am. Oh, guess that's so sweet. You're so sweet. So yes, yes, I would watch the Broadway show. <laughs> great. great. <laughs> well, guys, that was Moulin Rouge. We got Marcus to love a musical about love. We are warming up and breaking apart that icy, nope. icy heart, that icy, icy exterior. Guys, uh, one more I thing. I just want you all. Oh, so please. sorry. I have to mention this. Oh, please. Uh, tuber- tuberculosis can, I th- from my knowledge, can be spread. It's it's very contagious and it's so scary. See her cough and breathe all over everybody, and just just with a pandemic that we're in now, just like so concerned for Ian McGregor. It was just like, oh no. Well, it's not tuberculosis. Die. It's consumption. Sure, which is yes, sure, <laughs> consumption. Uh... No, uh, you're totally right. You're totally right. But guys, that was Moulin Rouge. If you mm-hmm. want to hear Marcus also pretend like he doesn't like love, but really loves it a lot, <laughs> go ahead and listen to our About Time episode, our The yes. Notebook episode. Guys, there's Ooh. dozens. And Mark and Marcus is a big old softie, and you get to find out why. Check out those 100%. episodes. But in the meantime, you can get us everywhere at Now Try This Cast. You can leave us five stars on Apple iTunes. We really appreciate it. You can check out the Twitch stream at twitch.tv slash Now Try This Cast every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and you can join our community at patreon.com slash now try this cast. And because of that community, next week we are trying PS I love you. Jesus Christ. I am not not excited. I'm glad this turned out to be better than I thought because I don't know. I'm excited. PS I think it's I love be awful. you is next. Oh man. I think it's gonna be awful. I'm sorry. I, we're gonna lose that Patreon. So guys, go to the Patreon now. Guys, we're to gonna lose that them. Patreon. We're gonna lose that Patreon. <laughs> And Nicholas is going to lose a girlfriend. So, guys, we need your support. Uh, please, patreon.com slash now try this cast. Great. Okay, guys, thank you so much for joining us. You have your challenge for next week. So, go out there and try some things. We'll see you guys. Good night. And good night from the Mulan Rule. Friends get together so that they can try things. You're invited to this podcast so that they can try things. Nick and Marcus do the podcast so that they can try this. Okay, hold on. Uh, don't go. Don't switch yet. Don't because sw- I can still see you. Okay. Okay. So hold on. I'm gonna start recording so we can get the look at your f- so Nick can see your face. It's recording. Wow. Do something fun. Hey. Yeah. There you go. Okay. Cool. Now Nick, when Nick's <laughs> editing later, he can see that and it'll cheer him up. 
<laughs> okay. Now I'm going to go to the intro, and we are streaming, so I can't see you anymore. So if you want to switch with Nick, you can. <laughs>